to another episode of the Scrumcast. I'm Derek Neighbors. I'm Clayton Langelzigich. I'm Roy Vandewater. I'm Jade Meskill. So today I wanted to talk about dun 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 <laughs> estimates. How long do you think it'll take to talk about estimates? <laughs> I've, it, never, it I've never done this before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the answer was it depends. <laughs> so uh, no, seriously, uh, we want to talk about. You know what are the what are the challenges with estimates for your teams for yourself? Uh, you know what are some of the things that we struggle with? So to to kick it off, let's uh, let's start with padding estimates. How do we how do we feel about that? Pat them definitely all the time as much as you can as much as they'll let you. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I'm paying for the work, then right, padding is right. not allowed. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think <clears throat> padding is padding something that is ultimately unnecessary um, inside of an agile framework because you know say like you for scrum for instance if I say I'm gonna do uh, this many points this week I commit to something uh, for this sorry iteration and then my estimates are wrong and I get half of it done or whatever assuming that everything else went right then I mean it's just instant feedback where I can say okay now I can I now I know I can only commit to or you know it, it helps you modify things so I think ultimately they're it's kind of a moot point so then why do you think it's so prevalent that you know there's 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 certified scrum trainers out there teaching people to pad their estimates you know what why do you think that they feel that that's necessary I think it's because they don't understand the point of an estimate and, and what I mean by that is I think that um, you know, still today, even in a lot of uh, Scrum implementations I see, um, we're really talking about um, wanting to be precise instead of wanting to be accurate. And so there's this big, big, uh, you know, hey, our estimates have to be perfect because we're telling somebody that this is the estimate. And when we tell them that this is the estimate, then they're going to go allocate a certain amount of budget. And when we tell them what that budget is and what that time is, they also expect to get every single feature that we told them as part of that estimate. So as Clayton says, when we go in and we get an iteration or two and we realize that you know maybe our velocity is not 20, it's 15, um, we have a choice to make. We either have to spend more money or we have to reduce the scope or negotiate what it means to be done on the scope that we've already defined. And people do not like to have those conversations because it requires being personable. It requires all parties coming to the table and having a discussion between people. And I think as practitioners, we like to hide behind tools. We like to hide behind code. We like to hide behind every technology known to man short of having real conversation. And I think that product owners and business owners have a very similar problem in that because they don't understand technology, they say, well, you know, you told me X, therefore X had to be true, just make it work. Work twice as hard or work twice as fast or do whatever and make those estimates right. And so I think it's because we do a really poor job at the beginning of a project or at the beginning of working with somebody defining what it really means to do an estimate using agile methodologies, that what we're trying to do is be accurate um, and, and be able to do some moderate planning but we're going to have to inspect and adapt not only the way we're doing things, but the length and the cost that is going to do those things as well. 
so then you know let's let's say that I am a you know product owner and I have a project that I would like you guys to do and I need to know how much is this going to cost me how long is it going to take here's my requirements or my stories or whatever it is that I've gathered for you how are you guys going to give me any assurance at all that I can plan for this my, my two questions to you would be how quickly do you need the estimate and how precise do you need the estimate to be so what's the risk in getting an so, inaccurate estimate is that so, so the more precise you want to be the longer and more expensive it is going to be to get you an estimate and if you change your mind on anything or we discover anything new we're going to have to not do those things or we're going to have to go out and do all new estimates so I've got a $30,000 budget and I need it done in four weeks can scrum do that I think Scrum can give you a moderate picture of what the team believes it can do um, in four weeks on your particular budget. Um, or I guess it, it it could give you one of two things. It either tell you for four weeks what you would get for that budget or it would tell you, you know, with your budget how many features you can get done. Um, one of the two. And, and I think that you can negotiate, um, you know, a, a fair amount of that feature set um, in and have a somewhat good idea in every week you would be able to get potentially get feedback um, on how accurate those estimates were but I want it all now you should probably go to waterfall methodology <laughs> then <laughs> so uh, so what are some you know estimation is is one of the most difficult parts I believe of you know being a good scrum team it is is being good estimators what are some tips and tricks that we can offer people to uh, help make their estimates more accurate help deal with you know these questions that that come up you know from product owners um, I'd say that as far as becoming um, you know say better at estimation I would say really take the inspect and adapt um, concept and apply that to your estimations too I think a lot of times people do the padding thing because they just pet everything and they don't ever go back and they don't ever try and see was I right or how far off was I or anything like that and so it's always just I'm just going to take whatever I think it's going to take and I'm going to add you know 50% and that's their general rule and so they don't ever go back um, and I went I did that here with this team and went and took a sprint's worth of tasks from every single project I think and there were like 300 or so uh, maybe it was two weeks of tasks but we were off by an average of like half an hour i think so like we were so close to our estimates but at the time everyone was saying that we're so bad at estimating we get everything wrong but in reality we were actually pretty close uh, we were way better than i think anyone would have thought so i would say if you can go back and come up with some way to um to look back at your estimates and see either you were right you know you went over or you went under and and why and apply that next time so I think one of the things I, I see most teams do when they, they estimate that really hurts them is they're still way too tied to thinking in terms of hours. So, you know, I'm trying to map what does a three-point story look like in terms of hours and what does a five-point story look like in terms of hours instead of thinking about them in 
um, terms of difficulty. And so what I always like to say is when somebody says that they're a bad estimator, usually what they mean is um, someone, either myself or somebody on the team, or somehow we derived a velocity that we thought was acceptable, and we didn't hit that velocity, and therefore our estimates are wrong. And what I like to say is, well, perhaps your velocity estimate was wrong, but were your story estimates really wrong? So if I say something's an 8 and something else is a 3 and something else is a 1, if that 3 is 3 times harder than the 1 and the 8 is 8 times harder than the 1 or you know, a little over almost 3 times as hard as the 3, I would argue that your estimates were spot on, even if your velocity was off by half or double. Um, and so I think that that's really where it, I, I see developers really getting hung up is they get way too hung up on the velocity side instead of how they're seeing stories in, in relative size. And I think if they can nail relative size, um, you start to learn um, how to do velocity as you start to work as a team longer and, and more together and you start to see what, what's common. But I think we get way too hung up on that. And that's because we do fixed bid price kind of work even when we do internal work. Um, usually as scrum teams, and so we put a dollar figure on something that relies on the velocity never changing, and I, I think that's bad. I think I think something that we run into a lot as well is that we have we have this mentality a lot of times going into doing estimates where we've done a lot of Rails applications specifically for us in the past, but we we start off going into estimates with this notion that a CRUD operation is automatically a three, and that everything is based off of that. And the thing is that not every single project that you come into is exactly the same and the skill is going to move all around because what's important is that each story within that, that set of estimates is relative to other stories within that estimate and not relative to any story outside of that. Yeah, I mean, I think the first time that became a, a really abundantly clear to me is was working with an embedded engineer and every, every single estimate was under a three. And I mean, there were some things that I'm like, dude, there's no way that's going to take at least a week worth of work to do that and you put a three on it. And then we went through an exercise to estimate the initial velocity, and the initial velocity for a week was five. And it's like, okay, like this is, you know, used to working with a team who the, the numbers are probably more in the threes and the fives or the eights, um, but the velocities are, you know, 25 to 30. So velocity really has a big impact um, to, you know, where you're sizing stories as well. So what advice do we have for trainers who are out there telling people to pad their estimates and you know use some multiplication factors things like that i think i think ultimately as a trainer you're hurting the team because if you're doing something like that where they are padding their estimates then they're going to think of their estimates in terms of that multiplication factor so if i estimate this as a as a two and i multiply that times whatever figure then when i go back and reflect on my estimates i'm going to think about it in in terms of the multiplied amount so I'll I'll be thinking I'll be I'll be comparing my, the accuracy of my estimates against the wrong actual estimate. Yeah, I think when the it's to the detriment of the people that are doing the estimations, um, and also to the people that are paying for the work. Because what I found is when someone goes under on a task, and you know they let's say that they thought it was going to take an hour, and it only takes uh, fifteen minutes. When that happens they don't ever there's never like a revelation of hey i got this done so much early or earlier than i thought but when they go over it's always a huge justification of you know oh i told you that you know this is why our estimates are always wrong and blah 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 and so there's never it's always it's always like a one-way street and they don't ever cancel each other out when in reality uh, i think that's what happens and so 
it's to the detriment of the people that are doing the estimations because they don't ever get the uh, they don't ever find out that they were right some of the time and even though they were wrong some of the time it was okay yeah, I think that's really good well I think that wraps up the podcast for this week uh, thank you and we will talk to you again later thanks